Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. This is the show where you get to hear the best five minutes from all of our long-form shows during the week. Maybe you missed something. Maybe you just want to try out a new show that you haven't heard before. But regardless, we are grateful to have some of your Saturday. Let's not waste any more time. Niners Jags this week was a big topic of conversation. We kicked it off on Tuesday with the Bully Ball podcast where I filled in for Jason Aponte with Steph Sanchez. Kali Young says roughly how many snaps for Chase Young on Sunday and does he start right away? Chase Young had his introductory press conference with the 49ers yesterday. They asked him what it's going to be like to play with Nick Bosa. He said, I feel like it's going to be like it was back in college quote, a race to the quarterback from his lips to God's ears. Cause we could really use that right now. I, I love that. That's because they're both really competitive guys, I think. And I think they're going to be able to bring the best out of each other as they did in Ohio state for, you know, it, it was a pretty small sample size that they had even at Ohio state together on the field, but man, did they put up some stats, right? So I think it's going to be great to to see both of them out there. As far as how many snaps he's going to get, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I don't know if that was one of the questions he got asked, Rob, but I would imagine that with the bye week, it gave him a chance to really acclimate to the team. And it's not like, you know, he needed – I mean, he was playing all the snaps pretty much with – uh, commanders right yeah. so it's not like he, he needed extra runway with this team it's really about getting comfortable with the scheme with the defense defense defensive line and all of that so as long as he knows enough and again they could just ask him just get after the quarterback you don't 
you don't always need to know everything to get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're going to take advantage of that and they need this win, Rob. So I, I think they're going to have them out there as much as they possibly can. And yeah, I, I would expect them to start right away. Nick Bosa's played every snap against Cincinnati. I think the Niners kind of realize the desperate situation that they're in. So I think I agree with you. He's going to be out there right away. And I think he's going to get a heavy workload. I always think of this clip from Bill Cower from NFL films that they had. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's just a clip of him. And he's talking to, I think it's Greg Lloyd, one of the like famous pass rushers he had with the Steelers. And he just looks at him and he goes, rush the quarterback. And I just feel like chase, like that's your job. I don't care about anything else. Just get some damn pressure. And, you know, I was thinking about this because we always talk about like, Oh, the Niners are trying to replicate the th- situation they had with D Ford and Nick Bosa in 2019. But when you really dig into it, you realize that D Ford only played 22% of the snaps that year. And if you look at the sack totals, and I know it doesn't tell the whole story, but the sack totals, Armstead led the team that year with 10. Bosa was second with nine and DeForest Buckner had seven and a half. He was third. D Ford only had six and a half snaps for the team. Now I know he put a lot of pressure that helped other guys get sacks, but if you look at that team, it wasn't like Nick Bosa had 10 and D Ford had 10 off the edge. So I feel like the Niners are kind of set up potentially now to maybe do the same thing. If Chase Young can get some pressure off one edge and Bosa can get pressure off the other, maybe we'll finally see Javon Hargrave like wake up and do something here. It's going to help everyone out on this defensive line because I think, and I feel like we've been saying this for a while, hoping that it would be true, but I think now it definitely will be. I think it'll keep teams from double teaming Bosa at all or just less. Um, So I think, I mean, that's of course going to get you more one-on-one matchups. And at this point, the 49ers just have to win their one-on-ones, right? I mean, Javon Hargrave is certainly capable of doing that. Bosa is capable of doing that. Eric Armstead should be capable of doing that, right? So I think that's going to be part of the benefit. Another thing, Rob, that I've been thinking that this could help the team too. I mean, if you look at last year's defensive line, they had so much depth. And so it became about the rotation of guys that they had. Mm-hmm. And it was able to keep guys fresh. And for the other guys who were coming off of the bench and, and coming in, you know, they were coming in in, in favorable spots too, because it was, you know, obvious passing down situations, or it was just, uh, again, like pin your ears back and just get after the quarterback kind of thing. And they were also fresh, right? Because they weren't playing all these all of these snaps. So I, I kind of feel like they can be in that position again where they can potentially rotate some guys here and there. Of course, you want to keep um, – you don't want to have Bosa and Young off the field at the same time, but I, I think whenever you can – because Clinton Farrell wasn't having a bad season. He just wasn't as impactful as it, I think you would have hoped him to be opposite Bosa. Like, I think it's clear they need someone who – you know, maybe it's on the Charles O'Menahue, you know, level or the D Ford level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Clinton Farrell in, in some situations could be good to have out there. I think, uh, uh, who's the other guy? Um, oh, Randy Gregory, you know, like they, they had just traded for him too. Right. So Randy Gregory could come in and in some situations too. It helped help keep all of these guys fresh. And that was one of the things Kyle Shanahan was talking about, right? Oh, they looked slow. They looked tired. Well, This could go a long way in helping that. On Wednesdays, 49ers beat writer Grant Cohn and I dive into issues surrounding the 49ers. We call it 
Stats and Cone. That brings me to this question from City Bird, who says, what's the Monday morning headline for Jags 49ers? To me, it's Brock Purdy leads 49ers to victory over the Jags because the Jags stopped the run. They've been able to stop the run all year. They've only allowed two all-purpose touchdowns to running backs all season long. And you have to, have to, have to, if you're Kyle Shanahan, have a backup plan for what if we can't run the ball? If you can run the ball, the Niners will be just fine because their whole offense is built around that. If you can't run the ball, which Jacksonville has been good at stopping, again, what do you do? And to me, it's got to be Brock, either using his legs or just pushing the ball down the field. And I think that that's the backup plan for Shanahan. I think Purdy's going to do it this week. I really do. Okay. Um, At the same time, they got Trevor Lawrence, and he's just as good or better. Uh, against zone coverage. I think the the headline's going to be Niners lose, lose their fourth straight and have serious questions to answer about their... Well, that's, it's a long it's a long headline. Niners lose four straight. <laughs> Niners lose, Niners four lose fourth in a row. Serious questions. About- the answer about Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Steve Wilson. Right, nah, that's not a headline. What are you using on this headline, Grant? Yeah, it's a good point. You want to keep that like 70 characters or less. Yeah. Maybe uh, seven words. Chance... 099 says Kyle red shirts rookies because the playbook, but not a coach. I don't quite understand what you mean. I I really feel like the reason he's not playing Jordan Mason is because he may not, you know, the greatest recall when it comes to the plays. I think that's a big thing. It's a really dense playbook with long plays and maybe some players aren't as good at hearing two paragraphs really quick in the, (laughs) in the, in the huddle and being like, Oh yeah, for sure. I got that. Like maybe some maybe some players just needed to be a little bit sim- simpler. And like, if you can do that, you can unlock some serious talent on your team. Kyle seems unwilling to do that sometimes. Just share the load, man. It's fine. And no matter who the backup is, like just don't put it all on McCaffrey. I hope. Remember they- 2019? It was all about Tevin Coleman. And all of a sudden, I don't know who figured it out. Was it Mike McDaniel or Kyle? They were like, you know what? This Raheem Mostert guy, it's pretty fast. You don't need to necessarily start him. But if we give them like 10 carries a game, we're going to be tough to beat. And they rode that all the way until the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl where they decided they didn't like him anymore. Uh, it, could Jordan Mason not be that kind of a, a guy that have that kind of an impact? Just give him 10 carries. 10. Right. That's the You'll thing. Probably 60 yards. Yeah. 20 carries a game. Just give him 10 carries. 10. I don't know. We'll see if they actually do it. Um, but I hope. I think that Brock's going to get back on track. You know, it's all been about the turnovers with him. They've been moving the ball up and down the field. They've just been giving the damn football away. To me, it's much more important that Brock has a zero in the interception column than a high number in the touchdown column. I really think that. And it's not just that he's giving it away. It's that he's giving it away in the fourth quarter. It's just even worse because people, like his defenders will say, well, he was great in quarters one through three. He played some of his best football in the first three quarters. It's just the last <laughs> quarter. And it's really unfair to just judge him on the last quarter when the other three quarters were good. It's like, man, I'll definitely take a quarterback who can be bad for three quarters and pull out the win in the fourth quarter than a guy who could be good for three quarters and find a way to lose. Yeah, you can't, you can't just ignore the bad plays when the bad plays were so bad, like that interception in the red zone at the end of the third quarter on that busted shovel pass, like it never should have happened. He's got to know that I can't throw the ball here because it's literally against the rules. Like that's bad. And it was first down again. A lot of his turnovers seem to come on early in the, in the possession too, like early in the downs. Don't, don't 
force that, Brock. Just fall down. Just fall down. Take the sack. Live to play another day. And if you ask, like, what does choking look like at the quarterback position? A pick like that in the fourth quarter of a close game. Like, man, you got to know you can't throw a pass there. Even if you do throw a pass, it's not intercepted. It's a penalty. Like, you need to go down. But instead of doing that, you got intercepted by a linebacker standing a foot in front of you. That's choking. And then you turn the ball over again. It's like on the next pass. So, look, I'm not saying he's a choker, but um, I'm not saying he's not. And he's showing choking tendencies. And he's been in these, like, games where the Niners can put teams away. They get a, get a lead early and they cruise. But they haven't been in those games recently. You have to be able to win in all kind of games. And really the mark of a quarterback who's the real deal is a guy who can bring you back from behind. And not only can he not do that right now, but, like, he'll make it worse trying. He's the kind of guy I don't even know if I really trust with a deficit. With a lead, yeah, man, he's great. He's confident. He knows what to do. He can use play action. He can scramble around. He can hand off. With a deficit, man, he, he's, he can make things worse. Thursdays is the original Gold Standard podcast with myself and the one and only human wet blanket, Levin Black. And I want to throw this up because I think this is a, a good good comment here. M. Patel says, too many nice guys need some a-holes on this team. Who is the Ray Lewis or Richard Sherman that won't tolerate substandard play? And I think that ties into what you were just saying. It's a good point that I hadn't thought of. Have we seen a single instance this season of somebody on the defense tearing into the guys and yelling at them, we got to be better or anything like that? Have we seen the defense huddle together where one of the guys is just tearing into them and ripping them a new one saying we got to be better? I haven't seen it. I don't. Maybe, I mean, so. they don't always catch it with the cameras. Yeah. But I haven't seen a single instance of it. Normally, even if the TV cameras don't pick it up, one of the media members will pick it up from from the booth and talk about, hey, the team. You know, they might not have video of it, but they'll talk about it. I haven't seen anything along those lines that, yeah, Fred Warner just tore into him, or Dre Greenlaw tore into him, or Armstead, or whoever. And maybe this team is missing that vocal leader, and it used to be the defensive coordinators right? Salah and D'Amico were both that type of person. And thus nobody on this defense has developed into that as a player because they've always had the coach there as the crutch to do it. The coach or Jimmy Ward, right? Jimmy Ward, I guess Jimmy Ward would have done it or Richard Sherman absolutely would have done it. Uh, Mint Diggity says if, if I feel like these babies are just upset because their coach isn't a cheerleader, just tackle and make plays. I think it's much more on the players than on the coaches. And I also think the offense has to be better. Who's who's the guy on the offense that's been tearing into them for only scoring 17 points? Like, where's that person, right? The 17 points per game with all the all pros they have and Kyle Shanahan, that's not good enough. That is flat out unacceptable. If you want to say the defense needs to be better, fine. But you better have that same energy for the offense. Yeah, somebody needs to tell that offensive line to, uh, for lack of a better way, be a man and actually push somebody. <laughs> rather than getting pushed yourself because that offensive line has gotten work and it's not all Trent Williams that existed before Trent Williams went down. Mm-hmm. They were struggling to run the ball while Trent Williams was still healthy. That offensive line is getting their butts handed to them every week. And rather than being angry about it, they're going all shucks. It's it's bad. They haven't been able to run the ball at all. And I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball this week, Levin. Uh, For the crossover this week, I talked with Mike Dempsey, who's a co-host on the Jaguars radio network on their game day show. And 
I said, look, the Niners want to run the ball. And his response was basically great. We'll take that all day. Like that is not the soft spot of this Jaguars defense. So the Niners are going to need to have a backup plan for, okay, we can't run the ball. Fortunately, Debo looks like he's going to be back. I think Kyle's backup plan will probably be like quick slants and screen passes to Debo, which is a pretty good backup plan. But I feel like this might not be the week where the running game gets healthy. Right. So we can transition in talking more about Jacksonville. He's not, he's not wrong that the strength of this defense is the rush defense. They're fourth in the league in average yards per rush. It's only 3.6 yards. Uh, I think they're better than the Niners in terms of giving up the run. So this is not a game that they're likely, unless there's one play that skews it because McCaffrey mm-hmm. breaks a 40 yard run. They're not going to consistently be able to run the ball. They're going to have to win passing. And there are some interesting things there. You know, you talked about Debo. The short game is the weakness of this Jacksonville defense. They've given up the most receptions to running backs in the league. They're giving up seven and a half receptions per game to running backs. This is the, yes, right. This is the screen game. Go to screens from McCaffrey. This is the get McCaffrey out into the flat, give him the ball in space. Even if, you know, treat it like a run play, right? Just get him a soft thing in the flat, give him three, four, five yards because you're not going to be able to run the ball consistently. So I, I do think this is going to be a game that's going to be a lot of that. And Debo will be involved in that because Debo's a hybrid player. He's not a true wide receiver. I hope that they use McCaffrey then. Just pepper him, man. Use him as a receiver primarily. Let Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell run the ball. That You can do that too, you know? Like, you don't have to give Christian McCaffrey 20 carries every game. You know, press until it hurts on the weak spots. I, I would be absolutely fine with that. And well, Brock. Oh, go so, ahead. I was going to say, I talked about it after the last game. McCaffrey, I feel like Shanahan fell in love with McCaffrey's route running. And that's great because he is a really good route runner. But I talked about how he hasn't been there as just the dump off, the safety net for Purdy. It seems like there aren't any of those because McCaffrey's out running a true route. He's 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. He's all the way over on the sideline because he ran an out route. He's not just coming out like we saw last year when Purdy was, you know, a completely unknown. We saw McCaffrey was just coming and sitting three or four yards downfield in the middle of the field there as a safety net for Purdy to use if nothing else was there. We haven't seen that, and I'd like to see that come back. Yes, McCaffrey every once in a while should run a true route, but don't fall in love with his route running. Keep a safety net there for Purdy so that he's not forcing things deeper. You know, I actually saw some graphs today that Purdy is uh, way towards the bottom. I think there were only four quarterbacks worse in terms of average time to throw, yet he was third in average depth of target, highest meaning. So he has almost no time to throw, yet he's throwing deep at a rate super high. So that tells me that he, he's going deep too much, right? If he doesn't have time to throw, yet he's throwing deep a lot, I feel like he's probably forcing some of these deeper passes. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. We finished the week with the Gold Diggers podcast, our betting and fantasy show. As always, we give you the best bets from the 49ers game that week. Let's get into some best bets. You've got three for us this week. Am I right? I do. I've got a few myself. I've got a couple, maybe some aggressive things that I want your take on as well. What's your number one most confident best bet this week? The easiest bet every week against the 49ers is Christian Kirk, slot wide receiver. Of course, over 53 and a half receiving yards. Hey, he's just, he's hit this five of the last seven weeks. The two weeks he didn't, it, it was 46 and 49 yards. So pretty close, right? But we know Isaiah Oliver is really, really bad, right? Oliver before their bye week has allowed the most yards and <laughs> touchdowns in slot coverage among all cornerbacks from weeks four through eight per PFF. So Isaiah Oliver has been performing extremely, extremely terrible lately and no team has allowed fewer tight window percentage of tight window throws in the slot than the 49ers this year so christian kirk is going to have space to work we know he's a good wide receiver he hits this number often to begin with and this is just a great matchup for him so over 53 and a half receiving yards for him it has happened too many weeks in a row for you to not take this bet and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is it doesn't matter who the opponent is it works so so often even when Kwan Williams was in the slot it just whatever they have not been able to fix that so I can't bet against you on this at all I would smash that over by Christian Kirk yeah yep yep but there's I don't know how he doesn't hit it do you want to give your your first one uh okay my first one is Debo Samuel anytime touchdown score okay. and I'm taking this over Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey is minus 185, which is so absurd. That means you have to bet $185 to win 100. That's how confident it is that Vegas that that's how confident Vegas is that McCaffrey's going to score. Debo is plus 160. He's plus money. He hasn't been out there. They're going to use the hell out of him and I think they're going to use Debo a lot cuz I don't think they're going to be able to run and I think the backup plan to that is Debo screen. And so he's going to get the ball in his hands. We know he's tough to tackle. He's going to have fresh legs in the red zone. They like to go to him as sort of their get out of jail free card because he could just make stuff happen on his own. So I think Debo's getting a touchdown and it's plus 160. Yeah, at this point, betting on Christian McCaffrey too, because you're like, okay, well, I can win. You know, if I bet $185, I just win a free hundred, right? Because he's gotten into the end zone now 17 times in a row. But sooner <laughs> or later, that streak has to stop. I'm not saying it's going to be this week. It could he, likely he gets in, right? But like, it is a crazy, crazy streak. So I like that from you with Debo. And I think this offense really needs Debo. I, I think he gets hated on by the fans some bit because he's not what he was in 2021. You know, it's been a while since we've seen that domination, but I do think he's so extremely important to this offense. Um, so I, I like that for you. My second one, Brock Purdy throws an interception, right? So it's over oh, half boy. of an interception. You get plus 105 odds. We know he's been throwing lots of interceptions 
as of late, five interceptions over the last three games. The Jaguars have 11 interceptions this season, tied for the second most in the NFL. I think it's only one. I think he only throws one, and I don't think it comes in the fourth quarter. I don't think it derails them, but I do think he throws one in this game. I hope not. To me, that's the biggest factor in the game. If he, I don't care what his touchdowns are. If he doesn't throw a touchdown, you can easily still win this game. If he turns the ball over, I really think they got no shot. I think they have to, have to, have to protect the football. And that's another reason why I like my Debo Samuel bet. Because if Brock is throwing screens to Debo, he ain't putting the ball in harm's way, right? Like that is a very safe throw that he can make that can gain the offense big yardage. So I, I that's why I like Debo and he better go under. You better lose money on this bet if you place it because they that's how the Jaguars stop you. That's what they do. They get turnovers. They allow yardage. So Brock, protect the damn ball. And he talked about that yesterday about how he's got to know there are times when you force it and there are times when you can't force it. You just have to live to play another down and how he has to learn that. And maybe he will as he matures in his career, but he's got to learn it fast. Yeah, but everything can't be short. I mean, the Jaguars defense does have good players and good players up front. Like you can't just keep going short. The reason why they have a lot of yards on them is because teams actually, you know, pass on them, right? So it can't just be a bunch of short stuff and you can't just be scared of these interceptions. Like I said, I I think it'll be somewhere in the middle of the game. Obviously you never want an interception, but I do think one comes in this game. Uh, And then I'll give my last year and I'll let you do your last two, but it's Brandon Ayuk. Over 23 and a half longest receptions. Longest bet. reception. What'd you say? You love these bets. Oh, yeah, I do. But Ayuk, he leads all players that have 30 plus receptions this year in yards per reception at 17.7 yards per reception. Like his average this year is crazy. And the Jaguars have allowed six receptions of 40 plus yards to just wide receivers this year. Tied for second most in the NFL behind only the commanders at seven. We know the commanders suck, but they also allowed another 39 yarder that doesn't even count in this. So wow. like they're just one away from another 40 yard reception. So this is what I'm saying. It can't just be all short stuff. You got to pressure them deep because they could be beat deep. And I think IU comes down with one. Of the, I don't think it's going to be a 23 yarder. I think it'll be a 40 yarder. Like oh. it's going to be a, a, a deep one. Let's go baby. Yeah. Oh my God. This is how desperate I was to just see good things happening. I started watching like the Steeler game and the Cowboy game. I just wanted to see 49er highlights of like, Hey, this is what our offense looks like when it's actually functioning, you know, on all cylinders. I was desperate. These bye weeks are so long and lonely. I hate it. Um, okay. You play at one o'clock. You don't got to wait. Right. That's also very good. I like that one. I'm going to go to Christian McCaffrey for my next one, but it's not a touchdown bet. It's actually McCaffrey's receiving total 31 and a half. I'm taking the over the Jags. I believe have allowed seven uh, receptions per game to running backs so far this year. If you give Christian McCaffrey seven catches, he's going to have more than 31 yards. I'm sorry. I mean, he just will. He's just damn good between Kyle scheming open plays for McCaffrey and just Brock extending the play and finding him on the check down, which by the way, please continue to do Brock. Keep using your legs like you did last, last game against Cincinnati. That's a boon to this offense, but I think McCaffrey is actually going to have, I would bet him to have more receiving yards than rushing yards in the game. Honestly. Yeah, the Jaguars are really, really good at stopping the run this uh, this year. So I could definitely envision the 49ers trying to run at first, realizing it's not going to happen, and then start just use it, using Christian McCaffrey in the passing game as their run game, right? Like a bunch yes. of short passes to him, and that's their run game on first down to get those 
first four or five yards instead of trying to run it. So I could, uh, yeah, he, he should definitely hit that. Strawberry reacts says, I've gone back and watched the Steelers game multiple times. It's a fun one to rewatch. They came out on fire that game. Need that this week. All right. We need to stop bringing up the Steelers 49ers game because it was not a fun memory for me. All right. By the way, how like that win has aged like wine for the 49ers early in the year. It was like, okay, they beat the Steelers. Now the Steelers are winning these games. Oh you look back God. and you're like, hey, that They're win looks- the worst winning team in the league. They're <laughs> stop. It still doesn't matter that they beat them. Hey, it looks good now. It looks even shinier than normal. Um, And then my other best bet is also a McCaffrey bet, and it's over his reception total, which is four and a half for the game. So I'm banking on a Christian McCaffrey God mode um, in this game because of the numbers that I cited earlier. And I think he's actually a little healthier than he has been because he was, you know, banged up with that oblique. Now he's had the bye week. So I'm going to take McCaffrey over four and a half catches also. And talking about like touchdowns here, I want Travis Etienne has to have a crazy odds touchdown too, because he gets in like two touchdowns each, like every week. It feels like, and I think it's been three weeks in a row. He's scored two touchdowns. Did you just totally ignore my Christian McCaffrey bet? I mean, I already talked about him getting receptions. So <laughs> I was going to say the same exact thing. Well, like, by yeah, the- I think he gets receptions. So if you're feeling really aggressive, this is one that I thought about putting money on and I'm too much of a chicken to do it. But if you bundle the McCaffrey reception yards, so over 31 and a half receiving yards, over four and a half receptions, which if you think he's getting one, you should feel comfortable taking the other. And then you put the anytime touchdown in there and bet that as a parlay, it's plus 242. That's it? No, like three legs and you only get plus 242. That's so you don't like the bet. I don't love any bet that you have to hit on three three parts of it to win any money, and it's only plus two forty two. No, it's not very good. You're not I'm not saying you can't hit. It makes it makes sense, right? He scores touchdowns every stinking week, and if you expect thirty something yards receiving, he's gonna. You know, I I get the logic, but I, it it seems easier than it is. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Vegas knows what they're doing, but I just yeah. my thinking in my head is like. Yes, you technically need three things to happen, but if one of those things happen, chances are the other two are also happening at the same time. You know what's going to happen, though, if you do that? He's going to have four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah it's, that's true. I just, when I like individual bets like that, sometimes I'm like, well, if I like all the individual bets, why not bundle them? So I just had to check the numbers and look at it. and It was kind of convincing. The only thing I'm kind of bummed about is now that Debo's back, I don't think we're going to have a big Kittle game. Like I was considering taking some Kittle unders in this game because I think he's just going to fade back into oblivion in this offense. I am really interested to see Kittle's usage. Like I would love to see him still get targets with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel in the game. It's like we're just not – we haven't seen it now in so long. Like if both of those guys are healthy on the field, he doesn't get used. It would be pretty crazy if they just used IU Kittle and Devo and Christian McCaffrey. Isn't that the point of the offense is that you have all these guys at the same time, his receiving total for the game is 39 and a half yards. I seriously considered making the under one of my best bets. Imagine like having all those guys and feeling the need to, you know, target Juwan Jennings every five seconds. Right. Uh, there, there's the Jawan Jennings hate. It's back. His reception total for the game is three and a half. I would take the under. Honestly, I could see him getting three catches for 30 yards in the Kittle game. Kittle or Jennings? Kittle. Well, who, I'm not betting on anything for Jawan Jennings, but Kittle. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Kittle's not going to get 
for receptions. I don't think he is. Nope. No. No. It, I'm not saying he can't have a long reception or a touchdown, but yeah, I don't think he gets four receptions in this game. Nope. But but the Niners have an offense that's fully capable of putting up 30 points without that. And we've seen that this year. So there's this is no my excuse. biggest worry. So I so again Again, I do think the 49ers win this game, but there are pieces of this that worry me because Evan Ingram is kind of like a receiver, right? He moves in such a smooth way for a tight end. Now, he doesn't have the best hands, but he is very, very athletic and a very and he's gotten better with the dropsies, right? But he will probably play in the slot a ton or in oh, that yeah. area where the 49ers struggle a ton. So it's not just Christian Kirk. It's also there. I, Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk could do some damage to this defense. And I'm a little bit worried about that. Absolutely. I expect Evan Ingram to do it. Um, and this, with the screens, I think there's going to be a lot of short passes. I think the Niners pass rushers are going to have to be aware of that. See, that- I think that would be giving the 49ers a gift. Like I know they've been struggling with tackling lately. They'll figure that out. They have to target Lenore and Embry Thomas and <laughs> especially Isaiah Oliver. And it's like teams all of a sudden are like, oh, we're just going to keep targeting Ward nonstop. And it's been working for them. So I don't think you should be doing these short stuff against the 49ers. Like, I hope that's what the Jaguars come out to and do, because I trust Fred Warner to get his crap together and the front seven guys to get their crap together more than I do the secondary pieces. That's a wrap on the best of show. Thank you very much again for spending part of your weekend with us. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Before we go, we just want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would, we will be there live after the game on Sunday, as well as Facebook, as well as Twitch, breaking down the game. Hopefully we are breaking down a 49ers win because God knows we need one after three straight losses. But I hope you join us either way way, I promise you will enjoy it. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk after the game. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.